Hallelujah. Let's ask the Spirit of God to give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart that is receptive to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Let's pray even now that, Father, you take all the glory. Hmm. Let's pray even now that the Father would speak a word to us in season. Let's pray even now that the grounds of our heart would be soft and fertile and tender, that we would not be hardened, that we, if we hear the voice of the Spirit, we will not harden our hearts. Let's ask God to even just release a grace even now. God, I pray that you endow me. I pray you speak through me and I pray today that we, your children, will hear the heart of the Father and we will respond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Last week I spoke about a new heart, a new life. Um, and if you haven't heard that message, I really encourage, I instruct you to go back and listen to that message on the podcast on Spotify or Apple. Um, it really sets the tone for what we're going to be going through this month and even for the year at large, if I'm going to be honest with you. You know, um, so because of time, I don't want to go over all of that. I want to encourage you guys to go back. Go back these next 10 days, incorporate into your fire and listen to it. But essentially, the whole essence of heart check has everything to do with us um, making sure that our heart is in the right place, the right posture. Even more so that our hearts are healthy. I, I, I emphasize the health is of the heart because I said, look, hope deferred makes the heart sick. We spoke about disappointment. We spoke about discouragement. We spoke about even the lack of vision for life. It's because of the cloudiness of our hearts. Our hearts have eyes. You know, we address that the Lord has instructed us to trust in him with all of our hearts, meaning that it is possible that we can trust partially and that we should not lean on our understanding that it is our understanding of what God is saying that sometimes blocks us from actually trusting and how many of you know you don't need to have understanding to obey you just need to follow the instructions and how many of you know that when you actually obey what God has said without having full understanding it's in the doing that you get understanding hmm more so, what I see prophetically speaking concerning the heart is that the Bible says that God wants us to prosper in all things. And then he said, I want you to be in good health, your body. <laughs> the Spirit of God gave the church a prophetic word on Thursday's prayer meeting about us during our body, about the health of our body, about our bodies being in the right posture to sustain that which is going to come through prosperity. But the Bible says that I want you to prosper as your soul prospers. Meaning that there is a prosperity that comes from God that is always in alignment with your soul. And any prosperity that you experience in life that goes beyond the condition of your soul is not from God, it's from Satan. The blessing of the Lord make one rich and addeth no sorrow. Those who desire to be rich pierce themselves in many sorrows. So 
guess what can happen when it comes to you believing God for the promises in your life? The very promise that you're believing God for, if your heart is not right, it can cause the blessing to become a curse because you now worship what was given and not the giver. The right heart has everything to do with that. What God desires to do will not become the end of you. Slow down, fam, slow down. Come on. <laughs> Good things can become idols, beloved. Abraham sacrificed the son in whom you love. It was a test. Will you still worship me even if I tell you to give up the promise? Now I know that you fear me. It was a test. It was to see whether his heart was fully for the Lord. So I'm making with this heart thing because like, well, we're hearing a lot about prosperity and it's right and it's true and it's good. You know, I keep telling you guys, prosperity is not the goal, it's the byproduct. But Life will tell you it's easy to become comfortable. It's easy for, for you to, 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 to become enamored by what God can do and not who he is. So therefore, God wants to address the conditions of our heart. He wants our soul to be healthy so that we can manage prosperity healthily. Come on. And in fact, true prosperity, like I said, will always be in alignment with the prosperity of your soul. So if, as your soul prospers, you prosper in life. A better you, a better life, a new heart, a new life. All right. So that's what I'm echoing today. That's what God's echoing today. That's how we're dealing with the heart in January because God wants to get this place right. This place is right. Everything else gets right. Come on. <coughs> no more idols. Joshua, twenty-four. Verse 23, in the Amplified Version today, if you're with me in the, today, write in the comments, no more idols. Hashtag, no more idols. Joshua 24, verses 23, in the Amplified Version, the most holy version of the Bible. Now, then, Remove the foreign gods which are among you and incline your hearts towards the Lord, the God of Israel. Let me say it again. Let me say it again. Now then, remove the foreign gods which are among you and incline your hearts towards the Lord, the God of Israel. This is a beautiful, beautiful scripture. Joshua, uh, they've finished fighting, they've possessed the land. Uh, and he's warning Israel because Joshua's time is coming to a close. Hey, 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 now then. So there's a specific time and that time is now. Two things, Israel. Remove the foreign gods which are among you. Second thing, Israel, incline your heart towards the Lord. Today's series is heart check. What's idols got to do with heart check? Two things are emphasized here in regards to how idols can influence our hearts. He gives us a time and, and a place now then. And, and he gives us a, a, an insight that, hello, Israel, 
in your environment, in your space, there are some guards that are foreign, meaning they're not the true guard, they're not your guard, and they're amongst you, and I need you to remove them. And he says, when you do that, incline your heart, meaning that in space you're in, what you choose to accommodate in your vicinity, what you allow to be the influences into your life, depict how you incline your heart to the Lord. You see, if it's spiritual, your heart is practical, your environment. If it's spiritual, your heart's worship is practical, your environment. What is in here must be reflected what's out here. I told you guys in Psalms 1, before we got to verse 3, being a prosperous tree, he had to first remove himself from the scoffers and the school from the wicked. He had to shift his environment. He had to leave some people and some places. He had to remove himself from, from communications that will cause his heart to be corrupted. No more idols, foreign gods that you being able to incline your heart has everything to you um, 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 discerning and, and you consecrating what's around you. What has access to you? Once again, it boils back to Susan's point. You will, you will hunger what you feed on. You can't tell God you want to incline your heart to him and you've got all the things around you that are, that, are, that are causing your heart to move away from him. It's impossible. That's why when he says, run this race with endurance, yeah. lay aside the weight. Mm -hmm. And he says, lay aside the sin that so easily ensnares you. What was he doing? The weight was the form of an environment. When you're running, you have a particular pace. But if you start to be weighed down, you're more susceptible to be entangled by what's on the floor, what's around you. Yeah. All of you, every, me included, have a propensity to particular sins. Yeah. And those sins have strongholds because we have particular gates that they're functioning in. Yeah. And God is asking you, beloved, remove them. Yeah. Remove the access to the gates. God is mindful that we're frail. God knows without him, we're sinful, wicked people. That's why when you're tempted, God is faithful. Why is he faithful? He always provides a way out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A gate. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so two things here are very, very clear. When it comes to your heart wanting God, it's something you can choose to do. Let's stop with the Christianity of us waiting for God to do something on us when God says you can choose to be off me. Let's not wait. Let's not have a Christianity where we think God is waiting on us. He's waiting on you. Let's remove the passive Christianity of can you pray for me? Let's remove the passive Christianity that, that, that puts all of the work that we need done on others rather than ourselves. Let's remove it. Let's get a new perspective of grace. God is faithful. There's some things that I'm struggling in my life, Ayo. God is faithful. There is a way out. And the way out is normally you for the instructions. The Bible says our weapon of warfare are not carnal. Sudan put it down for you about two months ago. They are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. 
The Bible goes on to say that you should take every thought captive and to the obedience of Christ. And it says when your obedience is complete, you can punish every act of disobedience. Do you know that it's disobedience that the, that the devil has ruled in your life? Do you know that that ought to be? That when the devil is rampant in the life of a believer, he's trespassing on God's property. But the only way he can is because you gave him access. That's why when things, when we do bad things, we repent, not God. God's already provided the way. We have to change our ways. We have to no longer be conformed to the world, but be transformed. We have to do that. We have to offer our body. God's done it all. What is grace, Ayo? Divine empowerment to realize there is a way out. His name is Jesus. And I can come to him boldly and obtain mercy and grace in my time of need. What's your need? You need to remove the foreign gods amongst you. You need him to help you to incline your heart to him. You gotta do something, beloved. You. 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 Having the right heart before God is intentional. Yeah, yeah. It's not a magical moment. Yeah. It's an intentional act. Having a right heart before God, having a heart that seeks God, having a heart that loves is intentional. It's not magical moments. It's an intentional act. It's an inclination. It's, a, it's, 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 it's the divine persuasion, faith, pittance, that God ought to be loved and worshipped and served. And by the grace of God, through faith, through our belief, God releases the energy. God is at work in us. God now calls us to desire, but we must first choose him. We must first choose. I feel this strong. You are one act of choice away to a lifestyle of righteousness. Choose God. Come on. Choose God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Choose God. Is that simple, Ayo? Yes, choose God. Yeah. Is that simple? Choose God. Yeah. Say yes. Yeah. Say yes. Say yes. That's it. Yes. You see, beloved. I need us to understand the gospel of grace today. Uh, and, and this gospel of grace, it's going to change how you pray. Because you need, look at your life for a moment. Let's look at what you spend your time on. What you spend all your time And let's ask yourself some questions. That, that, how does this glorify God? How is this... How? how? Yeah, yeah. What am I living for? Yeah, yeah. That's how Matthew 6 is so powerful. Yeah. It starts off with when you fast, yeah. when you pray, yeah. when you give. Then he teaches you how to pray. Then he says, look, 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 look. Wherever your treasure is, your heart. Ask yourself, what's your treasure? Yeah. He says, if your eye is single, your whole body will be full of light. What are you fixing upon? He said that you can't serve two masters and you've got to love God or you love money. He said, don't be anxious. Don't worry about tomorrow. I've got you. All these, you see these flowers? 
Even Solomon cannot compare to the glory of us. These, these birds, I feed them. They don't even think about food. But you, the Gentiles, why about these things? I want you to seek first. Yeah. Once again, a choice. Seek first. Yeah, yeah. What happens when I seek first, Aya? All these other things shall be added. That's good. <coughs> Go and read Matthew 6. It's a powerful, transformative chapter. Choose God. Choose Him. And not just choose Him now, choose Him tomorrow. Choose Him Wednesday. Choose Him Thursday. Choose Him Friday. Choose God. Seek first the kingdom of God. So what happens now, Ayo, is that we're seeing that, you know what? There's a battle for my worship. There's a battle for my worship. There's a battle for your worship. You're always worshipping. Is that me worshipping God or yourself? Or idols? How do I worship? Verse 24. Woo! This is the response of the people of Israel to Joshua. After he told them to remove the foreign gods and to incline their hearts. He says, they say to him, sorry, verse 24, Joshua 24, verse 24. The people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God. And we will listen to and obey his voice. Do you know what's powerful here? For Joshua to highlight, there are foreign gods amongst you, remove them, and also incline your hearts towards the, the Lord. The fact that they responded like this, we will first of all serve the Lord, one, and we will listen to, two, and we will obey his voice, three. The fact that their response was first about service, Let's me know that this is about worship. Romans 12 verse 1. Now then, I beseech you brethren by the mercy of God, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable act of service. Reasonable act of service. Reasonable act of service or your act of worship. What's he saying here? By default, we are servants. Philippians 2, verse 6 and 7. Jesus says that, he said that Jesus came in in the form of a servant. Human. In the likeness of man. Meaning that men by default, by design, were, 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 um, 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 were designed to worship and to serve. By default. So the, the battle of this life is whom will you worship? Whatever you worship has rule over you. So, the removing of the idols amongst you, as long as they're amongst you, you will have the propensity and the, and the inclinations to serve them. Because whatever's around you is feeding you. I want you to think not just literal things, guys. I want you to think things like what you watch what you listen to conversation I want you to think about all the acts that are seen and not seen these contribute to your environment the fact that they were able to respond we will serve the Lord our God and we will not only just listen but obey we won't only just hear what I was saying to them but we're going to do what he says 
We're not going to just hear God's word only and deceive ourselves. We're going to do what the word says. Can you see here that serve, listen, and obey are, 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 the, are, the, are, the, are the components of, 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 of what it means to worship um, a, a deity or a thing or yourself? The Bible talks about us having been humble, being gentle and lowly of heart. Not looking to our own interests, but the interests of others. That's service. The Bible talks about us being slow to speak and quick to listen. <laughs> the Bible speaks about us, you know, living lifestyles of obedience, obeying the law of the land, obeying those who have rule over us. What's he doing? He's checking your worship. He, he's checking your lifestyle. He's checking your alignment. He's checking it, guys. Who do you serve? Who do you listen to? Who do you obey? Is it Yahweh? Or is it you? And this is why fasting is so powerful. And this is why fasting is so powerful. It exposes the idols in us. Because all of us have some type of idols in our lives. And this idol is this. That which you can't give up to God for a period of time is a form of an idol. So we've given you some list for this fast. That which you choose and you say you can't give up, that's the idol. That's the idol. That is the idol. That's the idol. Whatever can, can, can whatever has rule over your decision making is who you are serving. <laughs> this is why fasting attacks food because food is the revealer of appetite you long for what you have appetites for so because i told you in the beginning that fasting is spiritual you've got to switch the appetite of the natural carnal things food and you've got to switch it up with times of prayer and in the word remember the popular scripture the flesh is weak but the spirit is willing Watch and pray. <laughs> Fasting strengthens spiritual senses. Fasting strengthens spiritual muscles. Fasting brings you into greater clarity of where you are. You see, fasting ain't about us moving God as much. God doesn't need to be moved. God is seated. Fasting moves us. Fasting shifts us. Fasting transforms us, brings us into a spiritual awareness. It's not until you fast that you realize that there's some things in your life that you've accommodated. That there are things in your life that are, are even good things that mm, they, they're occupying a bit too much space in my life. I need to let this thing go. Fasting will show you those things. This is why we don't like fasting as human beings. Because when we come to fast, it's, it's, it's God's time to expose. But it's that exposure, beloved, that's just going to keep you running to the end. It's that exposure, beloved, that's going to let your light really shine. It's that exposure, beloved, that's going to make sure that you finish this race strong. It's that exposure, beloved, that's going to remove sin from your life. It's that exposure, beloved, 
that will not turn the blessings of God into curses. It's that exposure, beloved, that brings us into closer proximity to God. Remember, God is light. He's beams in it. So when we're fasting, we're, 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 we're coming out and into the light. And light by default exposes. Come on, Ephesians 5 verse 8 to 10. And this light is what we ought to walk in. Is this light what we ought to reflect? Is this light what we're supposed to shine? So fasting is a spiritual practice that causes me to exhibit light. And that light is twofold. It fine-tunes me. It corrects me. It reproves me. It affirms me. It endorses me. It empowers me. Light. 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 Hallelujah. The word is a light to my path. Come on. The, the word is a light to my path, a lamp to my feet. The light, light, light. Why is light important, Ayo? There are many lights in this world that our enemy appears as an, as an angel of light. The Bible says if your eye is single, remember the eye is the lamp of the body, your whole body will be full of light. But if that light is in you, is darkness. How deep is that? Dark? What was he saying? There is a true light and there's a false light. And if your eye and your gaze is not fixed on me, other false lights will come. And it will appear as light. But it's actually darkness. Uh, but how deep is that darkness means that you've been so deceived that you thought what you had was light was light but it was actually darkness that is how deception works when you just keep hearing God's word and not doing it you actually put yourself in pole position for self deception what's happening you're just you're hearing you're hearing what well, uh, light is being shined it looks like you, you appear to be a Christian. You have a form of godliness, but you lack the power, the substance thereof. God says he wants you to become sons of light, not to appear as light. And don't you know that real deception starts at the word of God? Satan will use the word to deceive you because you lack understanding how does understanding happen ephesians 1 verse 18 the eyes of my understanding have been enlightened it comes by way of the spirit of god that's why today if you hear his voice the holy spirit harden not your hearts your heart has eyes and those eyes need to be enlightened by the word of god that comes by way of you hearing and obeying the word of God. When you only hear only, like Eve, you don't, and you lack understanding by doing the word, you set up yourself for deception. I'm preaching good today. Guys, let's not be deceived. You can't just hear this thing. You can't be like Eve, he was just hearing this thing. Uh, just hearing this thing. And the enemy came and said, did God really say it? And you start saying something that God didn't say. Yeah. 
Yeah. I've got ahead of myself. That's a bit later. You can't just hear, Eve. You need to understand. Take heed to how you hear. Take heed to how you hear. Is somebody hearing me today? Take heed to how you hear. God is not after appearances. Man judges appearances. God is after substance. God looks at the heart. Yeah. You can fool men by your form of godliness. But there's a day coming, beloved. There's an hour coming, beloved. There is a day coming, beloved. And it's those that know their God that shall be strong and do exploit. We can appear godly all we want. We can do the aesthetics of Christianity. Come here on Sunday. Sometimes come prayer. Sometimes do this. We can do willy rally rally and just do the bare minimum. I think, yeah, we, 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 I'm saying. No, 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 no. What light are you emitting? What power is coming from your life? The kingdom of God, not a matter of word, but demonstration of power and of the spirit. Beloved, the standard has been lifted. Will you remain as a believer who heard and says they believe? Or will you become a disciple <coughs> who will now exhibit and do the works of his teacher? This is why the fast is really specific on what we're eating and listening and watching. Because that's what true consecration looks like. Your eyes and your ears and your mouth, they're all gates. They're all gates. So even as I was talking about Eve earlier, which I'm going to go to now, you're going to see how the Satan through deception captivated her eyes, captivated her ears, and captivated her mouth, her heart. Oh! We can't do the appearance Christianity anymore, baby girl. God requires substance. There is a day coming. Look, we're in an age right now where, look, this generation is not interested in the hula hula and the theatrics of our Sunday sessions, of our church services. They want to see what you say you believe. Yeah, yeah, that's good. We're in an hour, you know, I, I call it the clash of the kingdom. I call it the days of Elijah. Where we're, do you know your God? Inshallah. Do you know your God, Michaela? Where you can come with boldness and tell the enemy to go first. Come on, call your God. And whoever answers by fire, that is the true God. Do you have the audacity to believe that your God is able to do? Not just say what he can do, but to see and to be a conduit of him doing those things. This is an hour of stature. This is an hour where we progress, not just from asking and receiving from God, that we get into a place of seeking, of becoming, and we get to a place of knocking, where we, where we begin to become the answers to our prayer. We begin to grow in stature, that our prayer life no longer has to stay at the realm of asking God to do something for us. We get to a realm where we start knocking down doors because we know who we are in God. We start carrying out instruction. We start going out and we start to be lights in, in order to be a light of the world you need 
darkness and make darkness is over the earth thick darkness on the people but I hear the spirit of the Lord say will we arise and will we shine because our light has come you have a light beloved you have a light you have a light the Bible says in him was life and that life eternal life is the light of man as you begin to be in union and oneness with the Father, something happens. Your light turns on. And as your light comes and you begin to shine and the glory of the Lord begins to risen upon you, something distinctive happens to you. You become a Daniel. You become a kingmaker, a law changer. You become, you get into a place of authentic influence. Yeah, come on. You get to a place where even your enemies know the deal with you. Look fam, this thing you need God is not amongst us men, but amongst those who have the guards in them, the Daniels. They have your answer. We can't answer your question. You get to a place of stature in the spirit. Because what are raising up churchgoers in this house? Raise up disciples, sons and daughters who will do expert. You are raising people that will grow in wisdom and in stature. That will begin to operate in the realm of favour of God and with man. Favour of God and with man. We, we, we've got the grace and the power from above and we've got the, the favour of man. Daniel was favoured by, by, by kingdom because, because there was something in him. Oh, Jesus. Back to my points. Eyes, ears and mouth. Eyes, ears and mouth. Eyes, ears and mouth. Your eye is a gate, your ears is a gate, and your mouth is a gate. Matthew 6, 24, first one, eye is a gate. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good or single, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then your light within you is darkness, how great is that? I spoke about this already, guys. The difference here is the eye. Is it single? Is it good? There are plenty of lights shining. There's one light that's a true light and there's a light that appears as light but it's actually darkness. Your eye. What do you feast upon? What are you watching? Let me stop there before I go ahead of myself. Your ears is a gate. He that has an air, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Luke 8, 18. So be careful how you listen. This is the Amplified Version. For whoever has a teachable heart, to him more understanding will be given. Do you see what happened there? Do you see what happened there? He instructs you. Be careful how you listen. He, 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 he addresses your posture right now. Are you just here because you need to be here? Or are you here because you're eager to hear something? <laughs> the Bible says be willing, attitude and obedient work. Don't just do the work of coming to church. Have the attitude to hear God as you come to church. Because if you have a teachable heart, more understanding. This is a, this is a prayer point. A teachable heart. Hmm. 
Your mouth is a gate. Matthew 15, 11 to 18. So verse 11 and verse 18. It's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a man. Verse 18. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. All these three things have connection to your heart. What you see affects what's in your heart. What you hear affects what's in your heart. What comes out of your mouth is a revealer of what's in your heart. <laughs> your mouth, your ears and your eyes are, are, are all mediums by which communication is exhibited. What do you mean, Ayo? Let's do a modern day example. <laughs> Instagram, social media, let's look at social media. Instagram is visual, eyes, pictures, now videos, reels. TikTok, also visual, but also airs because TikTok is, 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 is main engine, is the music behind what's being said, right? The audio, right? So that's your airs and your eyes. Twitter, mouth, words, we're always tweeting and saying stuff. These three areas are once again, the mediums of communication. This is how things are getting into you and through what you focus these things on affect who you are and what you become. All these areas affect and expose the heart. Why did you post that? Issue of the heart. Why are you watching that? Issue of the heart. Why did you say that? Issue of the heart. Eyes, ears, and mouth. So this is why it's very important when we talk about idols and sin now and what you have to do with it. In the beginning, these are the three errors that were attacked by the enemy when Eve sinned, when Adam fell. Let's go there. Eve was having a conversation, communication with a serpent. When she heard what he said, it affected what she saw, the tree, yeah? And which, um, um, which affected what she ate. She began to eat from it. Ears, eyes, and mouth. All of that there on that one moment. Let's read the scripture and I'm going to end here. Genesis chapter 3, 1 to 6. Now the serpent, amplified version, was more crafty, subtle, skilled baby in the sea. This is, a, this, is, this is a being that was skilled in the sea. Remember, he's using the word of God to deceive you, not his own jargon. <laughs> then any living creature of the field which the Lord had made, and the serpent, Satan said to the woman, can it really be that God has said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? God didn't even say that, but it sounds like what he said, right? He said, don't eat from this tree. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees of the garden, except the fruit from the tree which is in the middle of the garden. God said, you shall not eat from it, nor touch it, otherwise you will die. Incorrect, Eve. He never said touch it. The minute you begin to add to what God says, is the minute you begin to defile yourself. Remember, out of the mouth is what defiles you. So deception had started 
the minute Eve began to confess things, God didn't actually say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, my Bible says, "Don't be hearers only." And no, and 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 no, and no badness to um to um to Eve because Eve heard what God said secondhand from Adam. Clearly, Adam didn't explain it properly. I don't know, but we only have what we see here. God didn't say touch it. Didn't mention that once. This is how defilement begins. Satan introduced the defilement through what she he said, but she began to be consumed by it by what she said. Because people will come to deceive you. You will hear deception. But it's according to the discernment of your heart that you're able to discern that mm -mm, that's not God. I, I want to remind you guys, deception is subtle. It's the little things. It's, it's, it's the little things. Oh, I, want to, I want to stay on point here. <laughs> Verse 4. But the seventh said to the woman, You certainly will not die. For, verse 5, for God knows that on the day you eat from it, your trees will be open. Your eyes will be open, sorry. And you will be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil. Verse 6, the key part here. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was delightful to look at, what? and the, a tree to be desired in order to make one wise and, and, and insightful, she took some of his fruit and ate it, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate the tree was good for food mouth loss of the flesh the tree was delightful to look at the eyes loss of the eyes the tree is desired to make one wise as wisdom is uh, wisdom calls out Proverbs 8 you, you hear wisdom this is the pride of life. These are, these are the three areas of sins that ravage humanity. Loss of the flesh, loss of the eyes, and the pride of life. Satan began the defilement of mankind by attacking the ears, the eyes, and the mouth. Uh, and the mouth, as, you, as I said already, has a direct linkage to the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Ease lack of understanding of what God said <sighs> became what made her susceptible to deception. Beloved, think critically about scripture. There's a reason why the serpent went to Eve and not to Adam. Because Adam was the one that was given the instruction. What's that to say? Look at it a bit more deeper now. Satan will not attack you in the areas of your strengths. Satan will always go for your weaknesses you've got to see it like this adam was his strength as long as she followed adam and listened to adam and was not conversing with other strange voices my sheep hear my voice and the strangers voice they will not follow as long as you stay following the one who has the instruction you will never fall off the instruction the moment she entertained the voice 
Remember, this whole thing started by way of conversation. That's when sin was introduced. So look at it more deeply like this, guys. Look at Adam as Christ. And look at Eve as us. Christ and his church. What's marriage? Adam and Eve, right? What's church? A reflection of marriage. We are the bridegroom, Christ is the groom. Are you seeing a pattern here? Are you seeing a pattern here? Trust in the Lord of all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him and he will direct you. Are you seeing it here? So, so the minute we begin to listen and to consider other voices, there's a battle for our trust. We should be completely in the one who has the instruction. God. Christ. Strange voices only have influence over us because they are going after our own desires. Who knew? Maybe she was looking at it for a while and the enemy thought, mm, let, me come and, let me come and question her. Remember, we're only tempted by desires we have within. This is why it's so important to not be hearers only. You, you know why I even see her more on a deeper level, guys? Like, even you, listen to me. Don't just hear what I'm saying. You, go back to the word and check what I'm saying. <laughs> Get understanding. Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. It's wise to go to church. It's wise to be under leadership. It's wise to, um, um, to hear the word of God. But he said that in all you're getting, get understanding. What's, more, what's, what's even more valuable to, to you? Don't just do the principal thing. Make sure you get understanding. So the, the, the principle becomes a, a lifestyle. It becomes, a, the Bible says wisdom builds a house. But understanding establishes you. You want to get rooted and grounded in what's being said. You don't want to get in the house. You want to be rooted and established in what it is that the house is building. Get understanding. Get understanding. Get understanding. Understand your weights and remove them or you will always be ensnared by the sin that so easily besets you. you guys, get understanding. You have weaknesses. Get understanding. You have not got it all together. You need God. And from that place of humility, honor the word of the Lord by removing things from around you that will cause your heart to be inclined after things that do not reflect him. This is why in this fast, we'll turn off the TV. We'll turn off the music of the circular realm. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're changing even our food. We're moving away the pleasurable things of this life. And we're feasting on God. We're feasting on God. We're fe the Bible says, come, come, come. Why spend your money? Why spend your time on things that do not satisfy? Come and buy of me wine and milk for free. Let me go there. Come on, end right there. Zai, babes, the camera. Libra Soko Baba Shakaya. 
It says, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? Why are your wages for that which does not satisfy? Listen to me carefully. Once again, we're hearing this. Listen. As and eat what is good. Mouth and delight yourself in abundance. Woo! Come on. Can't you see what you eat? What goes in your mouth affects the condition of your heart. The Bible says delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. It says here in verse 3, Isaiah 55, incline your air. Once again, this inclination is something that you have to do. Posture yourselves. Be intentional and calm to me. Listen that you may live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Guys, this listening and this doing of what God is saying is going to have an everlasting um, effect on your lineage, on your life. There is a covenant that God wants to make with you. Come on, he did it with Abraham. He did it with Noah. He did it with David. How about you? Why not you? Come on. There is an obedience that's required in our lifestyle, in our lifetime, that's going to affect generations unborn. There's a foundation that you're going to lay. Because the Bible says if foundations are destroyed, the righteous can do nothing. There's a foundation that you're going to lay in your life through this fasting. Come on, I'm speaking prophetically here now. That are going to allow things to be built beyond your time. I want you to really get the vision of God. And that's going to come from you inclining your heart and hearing what covenant he wants to make of you today. So beloved. So beloved. Whatever you fail to understand, I'm telling you, Get understanding. Ephesians 5 verse 17. Therefore do not be foolish. But understand what the word of the Lord. Guys cry out for understanding. Cry even now. Even now. I finished my sermon guys. Much is done. Cry out for understanding. Yeah. Cry out for understanding. The Bible says in Ephesians 1. May God give us the spirit of wisdom. And revelation in the knowledge of him that the eyes of our hearts or the eyes of our understanding may be enlightened that we may know the hope of his calling come on guys God has a calling that involves your life and he wants you to get understanding. He wants you to be established. Beloved, you can live life focused, live life diligent, live life with the fullness of joy, live life not going up and down, live life free of addiction, live life free of all these things that hamper you and, 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 and beset you. You can live life in and with God and what is God calling us to at the highward upward calling to be like him to dwell with him to be united with him beloved cry out for understanding you become a fool when you lack understanding and, and fools are easily deceived and i pray in the name of jesus
This will not be a house of fools. This will be a house of wise ones. The Bible says that the, 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 the man who hears his word and does it is a wise man. But the man who hears his word and does his own thing is a foolish man. Remember, you can still build something and, and, and not be God. Because the day of testing will come. And on that day of testing, whatever was not built on the rock, was not built on Christ, was not built in a Obedience to what he said will fall. God is trying to get us into a into in, into a cycle, into into a way of living that will cause us to continually prosper and continually be people who stand the test of the times. Beloved, storms are coming. Beloved, the rain will come, but the house that is built on the rock will stand. And the house that is built on the sand will fall. The Bible says great was its ruin. It's showing us something here. There is a way that leads to life that is narrow. And there is another way that is wide that leads to destruction. And in the end, whatever we build, it will speak. <laughs> it will speak. Don't watch anybody else right now. Watch your obedience right now. Don't watch anybody else right now. Watch your obedience right now. Don't watch how grand or how things are working for others right now. Watch your obedience. Because a time will come that will test what we will build. And the Bible says we are building. That building is, is representing your, your living. You can hear what God is saying and do your own thing. I'm telling you guys, the, the, the example is right there, Luke 6, 46. He that hears my word and does it is a man who built the word on a rock. And he who hears my word and does, does not do it is a man that built on the sand. The man was still hearing Jesus' words, but he wasn't doing it. But he was still building. Building what? Building his own thing. Doing what he thinks God said that he should do. Walking in deception. Beloved, may God open your eyes. May God open your eyes. Not everything that glitters is gold. The, anyways, let me stop there. Hallelujah. 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 God give us understanding. Watch your obedience. Are you doing what God said you to do? Don't watch anybody else. Time will reveal. Remember, time is a revealer. It was designed to reveal. Time will reveal. It tarries. Don't grow weary in well-doing. It tarries. Write the vision down. Make it plain. It tarries, but at the end it will speak. Beloved, learn the art of patience. Learn the art of patient endurance. Patient endurance, James 1, 3 to 5, is working in you and making you perfect, lacking no good thing. When God calls you into a time of waiting, then that was the word that he gave to us after turn 2 last year to wait. He is doing something in you. He is preparing you. He is 
processing you. He is fine-tuning you. He is saying, I don't want you to end like your forefathers. I don't want you to end like those who started well and end well. I want you to stay the course. I want you to stand the test of time. I want you to finish and to end strong. So these next 10 days, we're giving it to God. We're giving it to God. We're giving it to God. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you that you're releasing the grace to fast right now. I thank you for releasing the grace to hunger and to thirst for righteousness right now. I, I thank you that the Spirit of God even right now is bringing conviction and admonishment. He is convicting us and drawing us. And today we say yes, Abba. We say yes, Abba. We say yes, Abba. To your will and to your way. God, I pray, heal the backslider. Restore the broken. Heal the hurt. Lord, I pray today in the name of Jesus, open the eyes of the blind. Open the ear of the deaf. God, I pray today in the name of Jesus that you will breathe life to those who are slain oh mama Lord even over these next 10 days may it be so as it is written in Isaiah 61 that the Lord has anointed me and the spirit of the Lord is upon me even from these next 10 days release a preach in your people and this preach is going to be our weapon of warfare to the kingdom of darkness we're going to preach through song we're going to preach through writing we're going to preach through preaching we're going to preach through our vehicle of expression the time has come and the year of this of the lord's favor is here we will preach the good tidings we will preach this gospel of the kingdom unto the ends of the earth the time of salvation has come. It's time for dad to get saved. It's time for mom to get saved. It's time for work colleagues to get saved. Beloved, where is this gospel of salvation? Have we traded it for some ambition? The time has come and dark is the hour. It's time to shine and it's time to save some souls. May they an energetic way that will trip across your body these next 10 days when we get a burden for souls burden to see the kingdom of god advance burden to see the church of god being built up burden to see people turn from darkness into the light in jesus name we pray amen